Lily Flag Signal, Preserving Huntsville History Interview, Tara Sloan. When I think of historic site preservation, I think first of old houses or commercial structures and the work it takes to keep them standing and looking original, or in the case of my Victorian house, the effort that goes into both combating the constant toll of weathering and age while repairing the effects of poorly done DIYs in the past. Fun fact, if you've got a wall covered in wallpaper, the correct response is not to just put another layer of drywall on top of it. Anyhow, what I don't immediately think of when discussing historical sites is cemeteries. Though Huntsville has plenty of historical burial grounds that are maintained by the city and actively in use today. It's on the subject that Tara Sloan, Huntsville's director of cemeteries, was kind enough to come on the show and talk with me about. So without further ado, let's learn about Huntsville's nine city-managed cemeteries, how experts do headstone preservation, and what you can do to help them maintain these final resting grounds. Welcome to Lily Flag Signal, the Huntsville History Podcast, where today we've got a special guest, Tara Sloan. Some backstory here. Um, I've mentioned a few times on the show about being a character in the Maple Hill Cemetery stroll every year. And I recently was invited to give a talk at the Huntsville Pilgrimage Association meeting, which they're the ones who put on the cemetery stroll. And while there, I met Tara and heard the coolest job title, Director of Cemeteries for the City of Huntsville. And I immediately, first thought was, oh, I guess that would relate to preservation. And second thought was, oh, I would love if she'd get on the show and talk some about her job. So I want to say thank you so much for agreeing to do that. And wondered if you had uh, wanted to introduce yourself. Sure, so I'm Tara Sloan. I've been with the City of Huntsville for almost 11 years. Um, but specifically with the cemetery department since 2020. I'm saying, what in general, like, does a director of cemeteries do, like, day in the life or maybe week in the life? Um, like, what what does that job entail? So, um, you know, I manage a, a pretty small staff for us to have nine cemeteries. Um, obviously, we do burials. That's probably the most common thing that people think of when they think of the cemetery department. So we do burials. We are still selling property. So we show property to uh, our community and, and sell to those individuals, um, handle any kind of unusual obstacles that may arise, which when you have a 200-year-old cemetery that's still active, we do sometimes have unusual circumstances that need to be um, figured out. We also um, you know, maintain all the ground. So almost all of our ground maintenance is done in-house. Um, we just recently this year started contracting out our weed eating to see if, if that would help um, with our overall maintenance and kind of free up some of my, my guys who know some masonry and things like that that can do some other projects for me. Uh, we also transfer property. So if you own spaces in Maple Hill specifically, um, you can choose to sell those to another individual and that's a, that's a process that we do in-house, and it's kind of like buying a home. You have a lot of things you have to sign, lots of research on our end. So I, I spend half my day probably signing things and the other half handling any kind of problems that may arise. Okay, and the, the ominousness of problems at a cemetery. Um, so I guess kind of on that note, so people probably if they're listening may wonder you know, what this has to do with a history podcast. So I wondered if you could elaborate more on the role like preservation plays in your job in upkeeping all nine of these cemeteries, which is by the way, more than I think I realized the city had until I first spoke to you. 
That's right. So being a cemetery director allows me a unique opportunity to make sure that we keep our local historic integrity intact. Um, with that being said, we are able to, you know, make repairs to the historic parts of not just Maple Hill, but also Glenwood and our other cemeteries. Um, we are able to get skilled masons to repair not just monuments, but they can do crypts, mausoleums, ledgers, um, anything that's, that's made out of a stone material and is in poor condition. Um, another thing that I've kind of taken on personally uh, is photographing some of our old markers so that way I can keep a running file of those. In a lot of the historic areas, you'll see that the monuments and markers have just eroded over time. It's what happens when any kind of stone is exposed to the elements long term. So while the monuments are still legible and those inscriptions are still intact, I try to make sure that we were photographing them and having a file so that way 100 years from now when they're no longer legible we know who that person was and what their monument said that's that's awesome i never really thought about at least like with the erosion i know when they break you mentioned you're repairing them but just preserving like what they said or i know a lot of them um when i've gone through walks in the cemetery have like the designs on them and kind of like saving those for later so that's that's really neat are those um photos like Something that someone can request if they say see see a see a gravestone and they want to know more about it. Is that something they can request from you or from the city? Uh, sure. Um, I don't think any director had to done it before me. This is just something on as I'm out uh, and see some of our headstones in the historic parts, especially where there are a lot of trees. Those are the ones that are going to deteriorate the fastest because they you know they could potentially be damaged by tree roots. Um, and just have a lot of other things growing on them from being in the shade and in the mud and things like that. So it's just something I personally have started doing, but anybody can ask if, if I have something, I'd be happy to, to share. And then you mentioned historic. Um, how many of the, you said there are nine total, how many are considered historic cemeteries or just have parts that are considered historic? So all of them by definition, with the Alabama Historical Commission, are historic. Um, a historic cemetery is, has a burial that's older than 75 years. Uh, so all nine of ours are considered historic cemeteries. Only uh, three of those are on the Alabama Historic Registry, which is Merrimack, Glenwood, and Maple Hill. And then, of course, Maple Hill is on the National Registry of Historic Places. And we're currently working on adding Glenwood to that list as well. And I feel like Glenwood doesn't get enough recognition and love. So I'm glad, I'm glad Glenwood's been, been brought up because um, they said they, Maple Hill, I feel like everybody kind of knows. Um, but with the like historic buildings or other structures in like Twickenham or Old Town, there are all these regulations on like making big exterior changes. Like you couldn't just go paint your house bright green without, without asking. Are there similar regulations on the historic parts of the cemeteries? There is. So um, through the Alabama Historical Commission, we have to apply for a permit. And in that permit, they want to know what type of monument marker, ledger, mausoleum, et cetera, we're wanting to, to repair, um, what materials the monument is made of, the repair methods, what materials are being used, who's doing the work. They also want photographs. Um, before and so this is just to get permission to actually do it this isn't even doing the work this is just getting permission to actually do the work 
Um, they want GPS coordinates, maps of the locations, um, and then a very detailed description of what we plan to do to said monument. Uh, after it's been approved, then we're also required to submit photographs of the work during the repair process and also after the permit, after the work's been done so the permit can be closed. Um, and it's actually not just for monument preservation. This process is the same for the removal of trees, shrubs, flowers, any kind of plantings, um, and adding other major elements like fences or walkways. Oh, wow. That's So that's even stricter than the house one, as far as I know. Like, I think if somebody in like Twickenham wanted to remove a, sh a shrub, I'm pretty sure they can just do that. So it sounds like there's more regulation. Yeah, it's incredibly hard to maintain a historic cemetery and also continue for it to be active because you have all of these state regulations that have to be followed so that we can, you know, make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, protecting the historical integrity of the cemetery, but also meeting the needs of the community who owns the burial rights. And then you mentioned active cemetery, which I presume means that there are still burials taking place, still spaces available. Um, which ones are those? And then I also wondered, like, what causes something to stop being considered an active cemetery? Like, is it a space uh, space allowance or like like size constraint real estate area? Like, kind of what I guess what does it mean to be an active cemetery? So our active cemeteries are Brandontown, Glenwood, Northside, and and Maple Hill. Um, and there are a few different factors. Obviously, Maple Hill, we're still selling property. We only have about um, fewer than 150 traditional burial spaces left before those are all gone. We'll still have quite a few cremation spaces, but if anyone out there is wanting traditional casket spaces, now would be the time to come to buy those. Um, so active at Maple Hill, we're still selling property. Um, and it is the only cemetery that we have where we're still actively selling spaces to the community. Uh, these other cemeteries that are considered active are still open for interments, pending availability. Um, so, for instance, you know, we'll have a family call here and say that um, they own property in Brandon Town. They don't have proof of the property, but their mother is buried there and this is their father. So my staff will go out there, they will sound out the spaces after locating the individual who's already buried there. They'll sound out the surrounding spaces and kind of determine how many spaces are left. Um, and if there's a space available, then we will allow the, the burial to proceed. Um, number four hall is on the inactive list, but we still do kind of the same thing with number four hall. All of these cemeteries are so unique because we don't have a lot of records for them. Um, and I would say Merrimack, Number Four Hall, Sibley, Nichols, Martin, Dallas, um, those are probably the ones that are the most difficult because we don't have surveyed maps to even show the lot lines. So we don't know how the property was sold, um, if it was ever sold, if it was given how it was given, who was allotted spaces. And so we see as we go through the years that people don't actually have proof of property because, um, you know, they were told that they had X number of spaces to use. But it, it's just, it's an incredible challenge for us, but we do try to do everything that we can to, to meet the needs of the community when they're all possible. That sounds like such a interesting research 
challenge then? Because a lot of the, like you said that you can't just go pull out a file or you know find that. And I assume if it wasn't written down on the city side, there's not some kind of receipt that the the families would have for you know 150 years and the the amount of I guess field work that goes into this. I never um, never realized that's what goes on behind the scenes. That's right. So we um, you know a lot of our cemeteries. Maple Hill is obviously easiest because it's always been city owned and maintained. Uh, some of our other cemeteries have not always been city owned. So when we took over the maintenance for these cemeteries, we didn't have anything. So the only records that we have would be the records that we started keeping when we took over maintenance for some of our cemeteries. So anything that was done prior to the city of Huntsville taking over some of these cemeteries, we have no no knowledge. Don't know who was buried where unless they have a headstone. Um, you know, so it, it just makes it very, very difficult for us to determine if spaces are even available. Sometimes it takes us actually physically opening the space to determine if it's available for a burial or not. And there have been circumstances where the spaces aren't always available for burial when we go to open those spaces. Um, so it, it's a challenge. It, it is a, a huge challenge. That's, oh, wow. These are so many things I hadn't even thought about when I was coming up with a list of questions to uh, to ask. Um, so I guess with regards to like not knowing if a space is occupied or, or who is there, even if it, if you know that there is something there, um, I know that like a lot of grave markers, they've been around for decades, hundreds, 200 years in some cases. And given the ridiculous amount of storms, um, falling limbs, et cetera, um, and just, you know, people in, you know, doing bad things. Um, I know like a lot of the grave markers can get damaged. Um, mm -hmm. And I know you said there's a lot in terms of like the approval process to get those fixed, but what actually like physically goes into doing that? Like um, state approves and says, okay, yes, you can fix this headstone, this marker. Um, is that like, what goes into that like repair process? So we actually, there used to be an in-house person that did those repairs. And so he would color match grout um, and puzzle piece. You know, we have monuments that shatter when they fall, depending on the height of the tablet. So you talk about a monument that's fallen and shattered into 50 different pieces. And he would physically puzzle piece those, those pieces back together and form it into its original shape. Um, and then use the color matched grout to fill in the breaks. He would also use bronze pins um, to hold that monument in place. So we, he has uh, recently retired and we are very sad, we miss him, but we know that, that he has moved on to bigger and better things. Um, but I recently found someone else who's doing work for me and, and she does a great job and I'm looking forward to continuing to do more work with her. Her methods are very similar to the, the person that we used to have doing the repair work. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, we have, we have a hard time identifying markers that are truly broken in half versus markers that have been moved and kind of piled together. Um, I get a lot of, you know, obviously we have a lot of walkers in Maple Hill, um, and people will sometimes think that they're putting two monuments together where it looks like one has broken off of the other. And that's just not the case. It'll actually be two separate monuments. So we, it takes us physically walking all of the blocks to determine if something is actually broken and can be repaired going forward. 
is that so if someone sees something that's broken like you know, you're out on a walk you see one is the best thing just leave it where it is take a picture and say email you or the city or um like what should you do because I know you don't want to just see something broken and just leave it but what's like the correct approach Sure. So um, they're always more than welcome to stop by our office. If they're already in the cemetery, you can take a quick picture and stop by the office and let us know. Um, you can also email us at maplehill at huntsvilleal.gov. That would be a super easy way. Or you can always call the cemetery department as well. Uh, we also have a Huntsville Connect um, app. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with C-Click 6. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it's branded Huntsville Connect. Uh, and you can actually submit photos like that through Huntsville Connect. Those issues probably won't remain open until they're repaired because we don't use city funds to to make those repairs. Those are all done off of donations. But we'll be able to have a log of those monuments that were submitted to us, and that way we can go take a look at them and, and see if it's eligible for a repair. Oh, okay. So... You mentioned about the the funding. Is that um, you said donations? Is that mostly coming from like the the Maple Hill Cemetery stroll? Does that fund like all of the um, all the different cemeteries, or is there a separate donations? Like if people wanted to contribute to this, like how would they be able to get involved? Yeah. So the the Pilgrimage Association funds Maple Hill Cemetery only. Um, so when they receive donations through the cemetery stroll, all of that money gets put back into Maple Hill Cemetery. Uh, and we're able to, you know, to do a lot of work in here specifically for that. If anybody would like to donate for the other cemeteries, you can donate it directly to our office. So you can stop by, you can mail us a check. Um, you know, we, we accept donations. And so the work that I've recently had done in Glenwood was from money that was earmarked specifically for Glenwood. Um, so if you, if there's a particular monument that, you know, you'd like to donate to you or just a particular cemetery, you can always stop by our office and, and we welcome those donations. So kind of switching gears question-wise, you've mentioned a lot of preservation and, you know, helping out community members who've just gone through, you know, loss of a family member, all these different things. What's, is there like the most fun or rewarding part of the job that like really stands out um, just in your, you know, day-to-day duties? Probably just helping families in general. Uh, you know, we have an opportunity to really give public service to people in the worst time of their lives. And it is very rewarding. And I have a wonderful staff who feels the exact same way. So just for us to continue to to serve our community and and make their this process a little easier for them. Thank you. And my last kind of question there is with all of these uh, well-known and not as well-known as they should be, um, Huntsvillians buried throughout the city. Is there anyone that you wish you could meet? Like, I always like to ask people who their favorite historical figure is. And honestly, my answer to that changes like daily. Um, but if you could meet anybody like from Huntsville history, do you know who it would be? Oh, my goodness. Um, mine kind of changes all the time, too. Um, right off the top of my head, I have a few um any of the scientists that were members of operation paperclip uh, you know we have most of the scientists um buried in maple hill so i think that they would have a cool story and and that would be awesome or um sergeant william lacy who's buried in glenwood he was a buffalo soldier uh and then i think of course a lot of people when they think historic figures they always think of the black widow of madison county uh, Elizabeth Dale Gibbons Flanagan Jeffries high brown route. 
Oh, that was impressive. I can never do her name right first try. There's so many, uh, so yeah. many surnames. Nice. <laughs> mine, um, I said, I don't know who mine would be today. So that's, I was like, yeah, fair, fair point. There's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people, um, I think Henley today, um, who was in, yeah. in Glenwood. Um, yeah. he, um, I say he, I just, I love all of the like turn of the century, um, politics and newspapers has been kind of my recent obsession. So his name's come up a lot. Um, yeah, you know, as I learn more about the individuals that are buried, um, in all of the cemeteries, I, I feel like I always pick a favorite. I usually always pick a favorite and we'll try to learn as much as I can about them. So it, it mine is always evolving. That's as I say here, I'll do a new episode and it's like, Oh, this week, this is the obsession. And then next week, you know, different, different one. Um, is there anything else you'd want to add um, just with regards to just anything we've talked about today or anything that, you know, you wish you'd been asked about anything else? Not that I can, you know, really think of. We always welcome volunteers. If anyone ever wanted to volunteer to help clean um, headstones in the, histor- the historic part, um, we do welcome volunteers. And I have a staff member that can show you how to properly um, clean monuments. And we provide the chemical that that is used, that is safe to use for that. Uh, even if it's like a an organization that's wanting to take that on as a community service project, we do allow people to do that. Okay. Is that, um, I guess, contact your same office, um, same way as you would for the um, the other stuff, like for donations and um, reporting issues, same, um, same email? Right. Yep. You can shoot us an email or you can call the cemetery department's office at 256-427-5730. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for, um, for coming on the show today. Huge thanks again to Tara Sloan for coming on the show today to chat. If you want to help support the city's effort to preserve these nine cemeteries, you can contact the city's cemetery office to donate or get info about volunteering. Also, if you happen upon a damaged grave marker, statue, or other structure in any of these cemeteries, contact them with a location and they can come get that repaired. Another huge thanks goes out to the show's patrons and all their work to support Lily Flag Signal, including Allison, Emily, Lauren, Hector, Jennifer, and Bill. Check out patreon.com slash lilyflagpodcast to join the ranks of these illustrious history nerds. That's patreon.com slash L-I-L-Y-F-L-A-G-G podcast with two G's and flag. And while you're online, go ahead and give the show's social media accounts a follow. We're on Facebook and Instagram at lilyflagpodcast, again with two G's and flag. So that's all for this week. And until next time, report any damaged headstones, cite your sources, and I'll talk to you soon.